0: today's episode will cover my son's time in the NICU, or the newborn intensive care unit but before I continue a word for my son Jackson miles home, so uh, yeah we can totally, we'll keep like a little laundry bag and stuff for y'all to like once he starts wearing clothes. So typically, when they have the IV, we don't put any clothes on them because yeah. all the wires, but eventually, when it goes away, we will put all outfits on him. That recording was taken roughly two days into Jackson Miles' life and the second day of his uh, time with NQ, And it was my, f- I think recorded during the uh, first time my wife got to actually go to the NQ and uh, spend some time with him. Um, I just wanted everyone to uh, hear that sound because that was the first sound that I would hear. Uh, the moment he was born moment he came, you know, out of my wife, he let out this very impressive guttural, you know, we would call it like a dragon roar, or we would come to call it a dragon roar. And, um, it was such a relief to hear that noise, especially as soon as he's, uh, you know, as soon as he's born. Uh, before I continue, um, I wanted to thank everyone who caught the first episode uh, of this new venture, this fluid, uh, ever-changing podcast that, um, you know, the name could potentially change again. It's already changed once. Just kind of got to become comfortable with whatever I'm going to call this podcast uh, moving forward. It is on Spotify, which is great. Anchor uh, working with Spotify. So I've been able to have it on another platform outside of just sharing to via anchor I'll probably start sharing the Spotify um, links as well but um, and I appreciate everyone who's taking the time to listen to this episode uh, again which is going to cover the rough uh, roughly the month long and it was actually a, a whole month uh, of the time that uh, Jackson was in the DQ. Now, as I mentioned, you know, my wife didn't get to really spend any time with him for the you know first day uh, of his life in large part because she was still recovering. You know, she had preeclampsia, um, you know, they had her on, on stuff to, to kind of get her back into, um, some form of uh, better health. And, um, you know, so they had her connected to a bunch of things and they wanted to make sure that, you know, she was able to to do what she needed to do and be able to walk under her own power and whatnot. But again, they were still monitoring her and it would be at least another couple of days before she would basically uh, get off of being monitored and be discharged. Um, so I know that the first day was pretty rough. I mean, a few of her friends and a few of her friends... Uh, siblings had, were having kids of their own roughly around the same time, and they weren't going through the NICU experience. Uh, you know, we had a, probably a tougher road ahead than some because most were uh, you know, uh, born close to enough to their due date. Again, my, my wife was 33 weeks into her pregnancy uh, when she had Jackson, and so he still had roughly two months. Um, but I was able to go and uh, visit early on. And I knew my having that ability would actually help me probably get over some of those fears and doubts. You know, you, you, you hope for the best. You, you, you probably pray that it, it's all going to work out. Um, but still... Nothing's guaranteed. You really aren't sure. He's two months premature. There's so many, you know, again, fears and doubts and thoughts that go, that are going through, you know, that were going through my head, but I just tried to be present. And uh, luckily the NICU staff or the newborn intensive care unit staff was top notch. And the hospital overall really you know, did wonders for us as far as uh, giving us the ability to, to spend time with Jackson during that time, and also to be pretty close to to the uh, to the unit. Um, we actually the delivery area is on the same floor, but they also once they shifted my wife from that to. You know, the delivery room. They gave us a room that we could have for the duration of of the time that uh, Jackson would be in the EQ, which was a tremendous help. Um, and you know, I, I got to meet the staff fairly quickly after he was born. You know, that initial time um, and. It was great getting their perspective on things. You know, I think anytime you hear the ICU or the NICU or the DQ unit, there's going to be a connotation with that, and it's not always the best or most positive. There's always, uh, anytime you say that, people are immediately concerned and rightfully so because it's intensive care. The connotation is that that person's in poor health or whatever have you. So. Anytime we would mention it to people, the, the level of concern would rise, you know, because now it sounded a little more dire, but what I was told is, uh, every pregnancy is different and do not compare it to anyone else's experience. Uh, so if anyone would say, ah, uh, you know, I would say, oh, well, he's in the EQ, We're not really sure. People like, oh man, that's so bad. It's like, no, he's in the best care humanly possible. Like this is, this is a blessing. We're at the hospital if anything goes wrong. Uh, During that time, you know, once my wife is discharged, that'll give us time to get our ducks in a row and prepare the house and prepare ourselves for him coming home. Um, And again, he's in the best care possible. We've got, you know, people really looking after him. Another thing I was, you know, really told from the get-go was that my infant son could sense if I was, you know, very anxious or depressed or erratic or panicked or anything like that. So I had to be very mindful of that. Um, if I, if I seemed out of sorts, it was only going to potentially agitate him, especially in those early days. Um, and to really look at it as this is a virtual womb that me and his mother have access to see him, you know, basically in the flesh, but that he's basically still got to develop like he's in the womb. So potentially we could be there till September 25th. You know, that was the thought was, you, you just don't know. He's going to progress. There are boxes that it have to be checked. They're going to do everything in their power to get him ready to go home. A lot of it will be on him and his development. Um, but to realize that it is a, a process and we've got to trust the process. And so, you know, don't put any, don't anticipate anything specific. Don't prepare for anything specific. Just be present and in the moment. And again, it went along with the moment my, my wife got into the hospital. Was that I needed to be calm. Um, to be present and listen to what the doctors had to say and ask questions and, uh, again, be mindful of the situation. Uh, and so that's how I approached it. Uh, a lot of my stress would go away. I would have to alleviate it. I could think of moments where I'd be kind of in the midst of stress because obviously letting family know and their, uh their reactions to things and just kind of the stress of things i mean i was stressing about something like not having a car at that moment car still in the shop uh, that they're not being very forthcoming with information it's a lot of well you know complete lack of communication on the dealership's part uh, west auto nation in austin uh, before i continue and uh, You know, know that's going to become a phrase, and who knows, maybe that'll become a drinking game before, or, or, you know, any kind of game, listening game. Uh, It's just my go-to phrase at the moment. Um, So, I didn't have a car, and I'm stressing about that. You know, I'm also stressing about the idea of, like, uh, while I'm only really doing deliveries much like I'm doing now, um, you get a little concerned about the finance of things, and just again being without a vehicle the stress of my newborn son at home and um, what have you so but I would realize that I would have to eliminate that level of stress uh, as soon as possible I would have to you know before I walked into the EQ I'd put it in my mind like don't be stressed don't 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 you know Think of the blessing that you have. He's alive. He's progressing as he needs to progress, and you've just got to be, uh, bring, you know, provide your strength to to him. And, and again, hope hope for the best. Hope for the best. Um, and again, be there for my wife and be there for the rest of my family. You know, especially in those times. And you know, my wife was still still had her own recovery and her own process, and I needed to be there for her as well, and tried to do my best. I will say, um, contrary to what I've heard in the past about hospital food, I actually enjoyed the hospital food. There was a variety of food, and, um, (laughs) you know, it was pretty good tasting and seemingly healthy, and I was in the midst of my own health scare with with blood pressure and cholesterol and a few other things. So the fact that I had this, uh, these meals, uh, from, from the hospital were great. Um, you know, and there were some other like minor blessings because of COVID my wife and I were the only ones who had access to Jackson as far as like from our family, no one else could go at that point. They had, uh, you know, they had, um, uh, They had wrist straps for us that were identified that would identify us. That changed daily. You know, we also had the ones that the hospital provided, so we had those. Um, And you know, eventually the front, uh, the receptionists um, knew who we were, and so it, um, you know, became this thing. Especially once we we kind of would go back and forth. The hospital wasn't very far. You know, maybe maybe a ten minute drive from from our house. But we, again, had this room available to us and um, we made use of it because, you know, we, we, were, we were lucky in, in, in many respects. Um, you know, being sleep deprived was a thing. I, I've, I typically have issues um, with sleep or I've had issues in the past with sleep. So it's always been, it's always been just this point of uh, contention for me. I can go many days, you know, or at least a day or two without sleep. And it used to be worse. Of, um, I find I value sleep and look forward to sleep. But anyway, so I was sleep deprived. And I remember one time, like, hitting, pretty much hitting the proverbial wall uh, during during it uh and like feeling like the, the ground wasn't quite stable even though you know we're in this complex and whatnot um, but it definitely got to me but that was those were the early days of of it um you know trying to make sense of it and again just not being able to sleep because of the the situation um So we really weren't sure what, you know, as prepared as we were trying to be, at least in my instance, trying to be prepared for anything, I don't think I really was, uh, you yes. know, something like how they uh, put the IV in them, uh, in him. Uh, they couldn't use certain veins in his arms uh, because they were so thin and, and really would be able to take even these super fine needles uh, that the hospital had so they would actually have to do one of the I think one of the IVs like directly to his, his scalp uh, because those seem to have better veins is what they would tell me and then just to see him hooked up like you know the, the picture I use is kind of those early days uh, where he's just on all kinds of wires to, you know, to, of course, monitor everything, his oxygen level, um, you know, his heart rate, just how I, everything was flowing. Um, he had to get on UV treatment because he potentially get jaundice because of how premature tree was, and apparently that was common for for babies is that they'd get some t- some type of UV treatment. Um, And, you know, they basically would feed him through a feeding tube because he couldn't, you know, he wasn't going to be developed enough to take bottle feedings, at least initially, or breastfeeding. I mean, those were, you know, as time progressed or as he progressed and checked off those boxes, those would be some of the boxes that they would check. So, but I can't stress enough how great the staff was especially the DQ, the, the amount of care that they have. Um, Jackson wasn't always the only baby in, in the unit. Um, sometimes they'd be really busy, but, <clears throat> you know, they had a schedule. You know, he'd be, Jackson would be eating every few hours. And again, typically through you know, through a syringe, you know, and a feeding tube and whatnot. And then they progressed and he would be really, we'd be so tickled by his progression as he would hit these certain milestones, um, he just root wanted to root for this kid. Um, again, you know, him being my son, of course, but, uh, you know, ever since my wife had mentioned that she was pregnant and ever since she had told me, it was just, you have these visions of what it could potentially be. And once you find out that you know, potential gender and, and uh, all of that and then here we are and he's not supposed to be here but he's in the right hands and you know we we want to take him home but we also want to make sure that he's as developed as humanly possible trying to just capture everything you could possibly capture Um, I became more of a I'm not a guy who takes a lot of pictures I wish I had that inclination in me especially in you know, having been in wrestling and, and just through life, I don't take a lot of pictures. But I found, because I was the main picture taker, at least initially, that I wanted to take as many pictures as possible of, of Jackson. Uh, and I would just, you know, keep my hand on the, you know, to, to take taking pictures on my cell phone. Just marvel at technology that, hey, I've got this device that I can do all of this through. Uh, I do regret not recording the birth, uh, but I wasn't thinking of it at the time. Um, but it was such a magical experience. Uh, regardless, I mean, of the stress and whatnot, the fact that they both came out of it and given what could potentially happen, and even the statistics and percentages and this, that, the other. Um, so, you know, we also had to prepare for you know, two steps forward one step back two steps back maybe a step forward uh you know initially he was four pounds 15 ounces I think he got below three pounds you know just you know, being alive and crying in any little movement he's only getting you know early on maybe like five milliliters of, uh, of of formula or even breast milk you know once my wife was able to start she was able to produce pretty early you know she she didn't think she could and lo and behold she's she was able to Uh, but to have to feed him through bottles and again being marveling at the fact that he was able to get the five milliliters and then the 20 milliliters and then then watch him kind of grow and uh, you know a lot of that time you know when we would go home I remember going home and and feeling bad in a way, that we weren't there, uh, even though we were only about 10 minutes away, but still, I I couldn't help uh, but just to feel blessed that he was progressing, and uh, you know, that his lungs were developing, and he was developing he's checking these boxes, getting to spend the time with him, you know, and it'd be a little awkward, especially with cables or, you know, the wires that are attached to him and trying to like, you know, have that time with him and also ensuring my wife had plenty of time with him because all you really want to do is just hold the baby and, and uh, love on the baby and whatnot. I thought it really important my wife got as much time with him as possible because I know there were going to be times especially once he was home Um, and I mean he progressed pretty well I mean we would we would get those updates uh, every time we would come in and the staff would marvel at kind of how how well he was doing Uh, and again i one of the nurses, I believe, Dottie, is the one who coined the uh, this dragon, like he's a baby dragon, which tickled me and my wife because uh, we're both fans of dragons. So the fact that we're the parents of a dragon uh, just probably, I always filled my heart with joy and pride, and uh, I just uh, I just tried to focus on all the good that was coming out of it, as opposed to, you know, the, the circumstances, um, I wasn't really giving anything else a lot of thought, I mean, obviously my family, my immediate family and then those around us, but I wasn't really thinking of anything else, in fact, you know, knew my priorities changed the moment he was born and they probably changed slightly, uh, after my wife told me she was pregnant. I was, uh, hopeful that she would get through the pregnancy and everything would work out, but, you know, it really, I also, you know, tempered my optimism because what I didn't want was, uh, to put any, undo or unneeded stress on my wife or the you know my, my son or the staff because it's already a stressful enough situation. I just wanted uh, you know so I would temper my expectations and but I also realized that I had said long ago that I priorities would change. Time. What I thought was important uh, changed the moment I started dating my wife, uh, and then came to the you know, I think I was quickly in the realization that I would marry her. And then once I married her, the priorities changed. Uh, but they were going to really change because of what I had wanted to do once once um, you know, my, my wife and I had talked about it and the idea of being a stay-at-home dad was the thing I wanted. I wanted to, to be with my son and my family as much as possible. And my wife afforded me that opportunity and afforded me and allowed me to to be that, to be the stay-at-home dad. That's what I wanted to do. And now, here's the reality. I mean, he's in the NICU. It's really, once he's out of the queue, well, I've got to really think moving forward and for my future and everything else, um, which I'll cover that next time is the mentality of fatherhood and where I was at, uh, because the next episode I'll also cover him finally coming home. He was there until September 8th, 2020, Uh He was a little over six pounds at that point, and he had started to fill out a little bit. Um, But he he was a champ. And uh, I just, I'm still, you know, I, I struggle with the words to describe, you know, what I'm feeling or what I was feeling back then. But I think it really was just unbridled joy. Sense of pride in my my son and my wife and uh, my family and my stepson, my stepdaughter, my in-laws, my you know my wife's tribe and, uh, that sense of family that I feel. So it was quite the time. Uh, I know one of the last tests uh, they actually do is a car seat test, I want to cover that real quick, where they actually sit the child in a car seat, and I think they do a little bit of like vibration to kind of uh, s- simulate the uh, movement of a vehicle, and they basically put the child in a, uh, in the car seat, what our, the car seat we would provide uh, for roughly 90 minutes, and then we knew it was real, because they're like, once they do that, that's the sign off, they're going to sign off on pretty much everything else and uh um, yeah it i mean just amazing the whole this whole situation's just been amazing all the timing and and whatnot so again i want to thank everyone who who took the time to listen to this latest episode and uh you know i hope you enjoy it and i plan on branching out with with topics as we move forward but you know right now I just want to glow Uh, I want to bask in the glow of my son and uh, my family and uh, just think about how blessed I am and how blessed we are as a family so uh, for all those listening uh, be well Uh, hope everything's going well for you and I'll see you down the road